Hello! Welcome back to Inverse Tree Mart Takes Over Meg Living Inside Out Art Stuff Podcast. So in this episode, we're going to talk about vendor fairs um, and just showing up. <laughs> I know last episode was called Showing Up, episode 9. This episode is also called Showing Up. Um, so to recap, um, I don't think I've updated you since February. Uh, so I went to my usual coffee shop art pop-up, uh, the first Friday of this month, and, um, there was a couple interesting dynamics there. There was a guitar player who was there, and there was more foot traffic for the guitar player, but also there were less people who were actually interested in looking at art, so it became kind of more like a a concert venue thing than a art pop-up thing. Um, I made zero sales. <laughs> oh, which is kind of a bummer. Um, and I think I've reached market saturation at the coffee shop because up to this point, most of my customers have been the actual coffee shop employees or friends of the artists who also came who were there to support their friends. So it's good to know that when I have a captive audience who's interested in engaging with my ideas and my artwork, that I sell art. The problem is that I don't think that's an environment that I can continue to expand in. Um, I went home pretty exhausted. Uh, I did some good networking, so I was grateful for that. I got to see some people I had met in December that I had um, privately followed from my spam account on Instagram. So I'd kept up, kept up with them, but they didn't know that I was keeping up with them. But I got to see them in person again, so that was nice. And just like, I met an artist that I'd bought some stickers from previously, so that was good. Um, you know, just getting a lay of the land and, you know, one or two more pointers where to go to do this or that. So really thankful for that. Uh, definitely came home very heart sore, very discouraged. Um, and that's not anybody's fault in particular, just kind of just the situation. Um, so I didn't take my feelings personally. (laughs) Actually, that's kind of important life advice. Don't take your feelings personally. Uh, you don't get to choose what you feel or how you feel about certain things, but you do get to choose how you respond to what you feel about those things. Very different, very important distinction. So, um, I'm currently, (laughs) I am just really struggling to sell my art in this town, um, at this point. So I have spent $22 on a art pop-up that's actually a an art fair thing that actually has more foot traffic and they do more advertising. Um, and that is two days from now on Saturday. And um, as much as I would like to buy a two foot by four foot table, I cannot afford 30 or 40 bucks for that. Um, So I'm going to bring my one foot, one and a half foot by two foot table, and then also a couple of 
the wooden crates from Joann's and stack them and try and put my iPad, my Chromebook on there with my um, uh, slideshow, my coloring page slideshow. I did bring my Chromebook with me to the art pop-up a couple weeks ago and I figured out my slideshow and then my Chromebook kept going to sleep and I've since figured out a hack to keep it awake. So very hopeful about that. That will work. Um, currently requires Wi-Fi because I'm tricking my la- laptop, my Chromebook laptop with a YouTube video, but my sound is on mute and that is on loop in the background while the slideshow is in front. So it's just kind of a a background function that is keeping the screen awake. So um, I'm hoping that that will work on Saturday. Fingers crossed. Um, and I'm really hoping that I can sell enough to make back the $22 that I paid to enter the vendor show. Um, and I would like to at least make another 20 bucks on top of that. So my sales goal is $40. However, my mindset going in is going to be to connect with people. Because when I connect with people, I end up selling. And one of the things that I noticed that was really hard about the music at the last art pop-up at the coffee shop was it made it harder for me to connect to people and when I don't connect with people, I don't sell my art so much. So, I mean, that's kind of been the common element, the common theme. Um... Yeah. So, but there were people that looked at my art and I even got a compliment. Oh, I love your packaging. I love your captions. But then they didn't buy anything. So that was just, you know, it's like, all right, nice seeing you. Thanks for coming. I'll take it. Um, so my sales goal for this Saturday is $40. Um, but again, I'm going to go into connect ideally ideally trying to connect with people it's it's the morning and I'm not awake yet and yeah um so I don't know how I feel about that I'm just kind of like putting one foot in front of the other to be totally honest and if if that vendor fair is not a success uh in that I don't hit my sales goal or come close to it at least Um, I'm probably going to step away from the whole vendor fair scene and just, yeah, um, I'm not going to stop because I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. I know that I am where I'm supposed to be, but what I'm supposed to do in regards, in relation to where I am, that's negotiable. Um, I did a, I did another giveaway on Instagram this month. I did not have the wherewithal to promote it on my email list, um, which has a grand total of 35 people on it at this point. I had one entry on my Instagram giveaway. So um, I'm going to send her her sticker. <laughs> I need to do that, actually. I'm going to send her her sticker and then I don't think I'll be doing giveaways on Instagram going forward because this just feels like one big dead end. (laughs) 
are like multiple dead ends in a row. Um, so I think what I am going to try to do is I'm going to write a form letter and start that's very short, very sweet, and start cold emailing um, pro-life pregnancy centers. And basically just say, hey, these coloring pages help people work through trauma. They're free if you decide to sign up. And you can print them as many times as you want. And they might be a great art therapy thing for your young mothers. Um, And just pick a couple of pregnancy centers in each state and just start emailing and sending those. And not expecting to hear anything in response. Not, I do not have notifications on for who signs up for my email list. Like, I, I, it is, (laughs) I'm finally realizing a term (laughs) that's very helpful for me, um, so I know this term is in video games, but it's also, I'm, I'm sure it's elsewhere, but there's this term called a glass cannon. And the idea of a glass cannon is a cannon is something that has a lot of output. It, it does a lot of damage. It has a really big impact. Cannonball. Um, a glass is an inherently fragile material. So my personality is a person who does a lot of output, but I'm a very fragile. So um, in video games, we also call this like somebody who's very squishy, but they get a lot of damage done. Um, I'm very squishy. And so I, I do not have notifications on for, I mean, oh my gosh. I direct messaged a ton of people about my coloring pages and probably like 50 people easily. And I maybe had like three people sign up. I don't have, I had a lot of positive response, but I didn't have, I didn't close the sale, quote unquote. And so I just have to, I do not need the information correlating, oh, this person did or did not sign up. I cannot handle that instant feedback. So every once in a while, I will go in and glance at who is subscribed, what, what's, what are the, what are, what are, literally, what is my, who is subscribed and what is my subscriber count? I do not look at who is or is not opening emails, but I repeat myself, I'm a glass cannon. And I can't compare myself. I mean, my friend just released an ebook and she literally just she just broke four figures. I'm so proud of her. She put her entire heart into that ebook. And here I am. I I have I've sold Okay, I've sold 20 I've made $23 in sales. I've got a friend at her church who wants to who owes me $3 for a sticker, so that's 26. And then I have another friend that I did some calligraphy for and they paid me $10. So I've sold $36 all year. (laughs) And my sales goal per month was 20 units, aka $60 per month. And it's March and I'm at $10 a month, basically. Um, So... Again, I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. 
and I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I can't take it personally. Uh, we've had drama in our friend group for the past month. Uh, Ben's been kind of emotional. Ben's been pretty emotional. I've been kind of emotional. Uh, it's kind of gotten in the way of me working on my coloring booklets, not gonna lie. Pretty frustrated about that. I'm gonna be honest, guys. I'm at a point in my life where I look at my do list and I'm like, the projects are easy. The warfare associated with the projects is hard. And I just don't want to deal with that. Um, I'm gonna tangent here for a second. So I've been focusing on things that are productive, that organize and structure my life. Um, the house has been, the house is really cluttered right now um, because a week or so ago, like I was pretty depressed about the friend group thing, like sat in a chair and knitted all day. I finished the knitting, the little knitting dress that I made for my bear and that was so therapeutic. And then I also, I found a stuffed bunny rabbit on the side of the road in my neighborhood, picked it up, took it home, set it on the porch. My neighbor's dog chewed a hole in the back, which is totally fine. It was accessible to him. He thought it was a toy. Can't, can't blame the dog for being a dog. Um, and he's a very good boy. So this is, this is Brutus, my friend, my, my pit bull friend, um, who is like, basically the closest thing to a dog angel that you're gonna get um he he's in the he's in the top top tier anyways so this this rabbit had a hole in the back so I pulled out the stuffing washed the rabbit and and then dried it and then put in fresh stuffing and then found a piece of um one of my church friends gave me she had me over for some uh um, for a, uh, a quilting project she was going to do for me. And I saw this piece of fabric that was just really, really pretty. It was a light green with like darker green vines on top of it. And it was just so beautiful. I was like, I just need to take this home with me, please. And thank you. And it was from her scrap drawer and she didn't care. So yeah. And it's like, she only buys like the super high quality quilting fabric. So I have this high quality quilting fabric. And so I sewed a patch in the back of this rabbit with this really beautiful light green, dark green vine patterned quilting fabric. I did that on Sunday and then I went Sunday afternoon and I bought some green yarn that went with it and I knitted the rabbit a little dress. And it is so stinking adorable and I'm just like I need to keep doing this this makes me so happy I love these small projects you know and and I can't we know my rate my success rate in business at this point like I can't go online and sell these like that would take the absolute joy out of it but the thought of I'm making something that makes me smile it makes my friends smiles to look at it and then I'm gonna have like these really sweet little knitted dresses for my stuffed animals that then like eventually when I have kids, my kids can enjoy. So that's kind of my mindset. That is my therapy outlet. I'm so grateful. But yeah, I also like sat in a chair for two days and only knitted a little green dress for my bunny rabbit. Like I sewed her on a Sunday and then I knitted and then Wednesday morning 
we woke up with some clarity about the friend group thing. So, um, um, all that to say that's kind of been my focus and the house has definitely taken a hit. My art desk is covered in stuff. It's covered in seed starting. Um, the living room looks like a barrel of chaos. So I need to focus on my home. And right now, my safe place in the house is actually the kitchen. Um, I've gotten it super organized. I continue to organize it. And yesterday, I actually took inventory um, of the freezer. I pulled everything out, sorted it by raw meat that needs to be cooked and things that are either already cooked or don't need to be cooked. And um, I have a whiteboard that I had cleaned off and I, I made a list on the whiteboard of things in the freezer that are raw, things in the freezer that are ready to eat, and then things in the fridge that are ready to eat. Um, also, I made, I didn't just knit when I was depressed. I also made homemade ramen. Not just like, not like packet ramen, but like a broth and a tare and a seasoning oil and like ginger and scallion and red pepper flakes and oh my word, it was so good. Yeah. So, and like perfectly soft boiled eggs. I have five more eggs in the fridge uh, uh, soaking right now. So really excited to work on that, uh, get back to the homemaking. So all that to say, uh, productive projects have taken a back burner for the time being because I kind of just need to get my life back on track, my home. Uh, as I said, the kitchen is good. Um, we just replaced the fan in the bathroom that was broken. Uh, Ben did that this morning. Um, we have a new mattress. We need to get the old mattress out of the bedroom so it doesn't look cluttered or what have you. So, um, just focusing on all of that will help me feel more prepared and more stable. And then when I feel stable again, I can take on the coloring booklet and the warfare. So, uh, I will keep you posted and give you an update after the art show. It's Saturday morning. This is literally the first sentence I've said because, as you can tell, I have groggy morning voice. Um, last night, I had an emotional spiral and I just felt like, you know, this year has just been so hard and so discouraging and everything I've tried has kind of been a brick wall. And, um, I started putting my hope in this vendor event today, Saturday. And whenever you put your hope in one thing, especially if it's short term, that's a recipe. (laughs) That's a recipe for a lot of bad things. So, let me let me tell you a story. So, let's go back to 2009. Yeah, it's it's a while back. Um I had moved to Florida a year 
ago, a year before, um, I had seen Blue Dressed come to fruition, which was incredible. Um, and I wanted to film a dance film uh, that I've since called Be Free. And I had my my mindset on filming it in an actual dance studio and um my my church Calvary Chapel Fort Lauderdale actually had dance studios and so I was trying to get permission from the head of dance and she just wasn't responding to me which was her way of saying no because she did not have a lot of communicative wherewithal and I in hindsight I should have respected that um so I talked to some other people and then ended up getting a no and my mom noticed me that I was kind of obsessive I was really like honing down on this one option putting my all putting all my eggs in that basket really you know if this is a no then life is not worth living a little almost not quite but just that's what my behavior was saying and she emailed uh the head of the video ministry at calvary chapel and it was just like hey can you check in on meg she's kind of driving herself into the ground <laughs> and he asked how i was doing um because i was up there regularly and he saw me regularly and I was serving and helping and, or I was just hanging out because that was a safe place for me and everybody needs a safe place to hang out and kind of got me off of, <laughs> got me to stop banging my head into the brick wall and we ended up filming it behind my actual dance studio. Um, so, which in that location worked out much better, to be totally honest. So, um, although dancing on gravel and concrete is significantly harder, but that's not a topic for this podcast. Anyways, my point is, whenever you make one option, like your do or die, that's a recipe for disappointment. That's a recipe for obsessive behavior. That's a recipe for having your expectations let down so bad that you fall into suicidal ideation. And praise God, I've not had suicidal ideation since I asked for prayer for that on Twitter in August of last year. Like, praise the Lord. I mean, I've been discouraged, but I've not wanted to die. And I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, before that, it was off and on for 20 years. Um, and God in his mercy recognized, or decided, God in his mercy decided that 20 years was long enough. So, and that's even after my, like, my mental health recovery, etc. so forth. Like, just, anyways, um... <laughs> yeah, vitamins are not always going to fix suicidal ideation. There, there's that the spiritual component is there also, you know, and, and then where I allow my thoughts to go 
is an emotional component of that. So it's all connected. So last night I was really discouraged and um, I posted a prayer request on my Instagram stories, which I'm going to turn around and delete here in a minute because like the dark night of the soul doesn't need to stay on my stories through all of Saturday. (laughs) Um, Especially if I have new people like checking out my business, they don't need to see that sadness that public. Um, There's a reason that I'm pushing these episodes as far out as I am. So hopefully I'm in a more stable place as a business when I release these. So it's, it's, it, if I were to release this now, it would come across as like, whining, whining, why isn't my business better? And you guys should help. Like, I'm not sharing this for you guys to spend money on my business. I'm sharing this so that when you get discouraged in your business, you can see the condensed version of my story. So last night I I posted a prayer request on my Instagram and one of my friends went in and purchased from my Etsy. Thank you, Hannah. And that encouraged me. Um, um, even though it's a pity sale, but Hannah is my friend. I know she cares about me. I'm grateful. Like in the shoe store, when I worked in the shoe store, sometimes we would make pity sales and inevitably a pity sale is when somebody buys something because they feel bad for you. And with shoes, inevitably they come back and they return them later. Um, Hannah's not going to return these stickers. She's my friend. She genuinely wants to purchase them. But in general, you don't want the majority of your sales to be pity sales. That's that's not good business. Um, so I, I, I came to bed. Ben brought me to bed and he gave me lots of hugs and affection. And I was laying in bed and I realized I put all my hope in this vendor sale tomorrow. And that's foolish. That's not me trusting God. Trusting God and having faith in him is this is a is a it's a it's a mental attitude and perspective. It it's it's an act of saying, yes, these are the present circumstances, but also I trust and I know the character of my God. Um and on top of that it's Alabama, it's March, it's been really warm, but it was cold this evening, and it's supposed to be cold this morning. And it's just like, this is an outdoor event. Who is going to want to come and buy my stickers in the cold? Like, people, yeah, no. I mean, so, I woke up this morning... And um, there are some other things I recognize that I don't think I'm giving good verbalization to right now. But hear me out. I woke up this morning and I thought, I got to go make friends today. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I don't feel discouraged. And I'm, I, I know that my friends on Instagram have prayed for me. Um, I don't have any more Etsy sales, which is totally fine. Um, and I'm just going to go and show up 
And let's say that I have three good conversations over the course of 9.30 to 2. That, that sounds like a reasonable expectation. And that's, that's not even an expectation for sales. That's an expectation and a hope for conversations. Um, so that's what I know. <laughs> um, you cannot put your hope in short-term things. You can't. Um, and as I was falling asleep last night, I remembered, hmm, I had that business meeting with that business consultation with Riley from Further and Free. And one of the things that she was helping me work on was create handwriting pages, handwriting coloring pages. And I need to, I, I, I haven't done that. I've bought the fonts, but I haven't actually put together the handwriting pages because I'm intimidated about doing that from a tech perspective. So I asked Ben last night, hey, can you help me with this at some point? He said, sure. So I'm, I'm very, very thankful and blessed that Ben is supportive of my art business. Um, if I did not have that from him, I would be texting girlfriends. I would be finding joy in and and security in in my church in other good and healthy places and then bringing that joy and contentment into my marriage um so because that is very very hard um and thankfully god has decided that i don't need to experience that struggle so um ben said multiple times i believe in you i support you i believe in your art business. Um, I mean, he bought me an iPad. So that's part of it. Um, yeah, very grateful. Anyways, uh, I'm going to get rolling. Um, I need to leave the house in an hour. And, um, by the grace of God, I was, I was so discouraged last night that I didn't even want to pack for the art vendor fair. And I recognized, okay, I have three options. I can self-sabotage by not going. I can self-sabotage by not preparing and then going. Or I can push through this emotion and I can prepare. So I posted my woe is me to my Instagram stories. And then, um, and I, I mean, I, I put some hopeful twist on it at the end of just like, God has led me thus far and I'm going to continue to trust him. Like I might stop to rest, but I'm going to keep going. Um, so I, I had that prayer request up, so I knew people were covering me, and I watched a video of how to prep for pop-ups, and I watched it on two times speed to get through the material, and it reminded me to pack my tablecloth. Um, it reminded me to pack my phone charger, which I'm going to pull out of the wall right now. <laughs> um, and I, and I got my things packed. And it's in a nice, contained way. Um, I have two loads to carry, so to speak. Uh, one, and if I work really hard, I could technically carry my table and my wooden crates at the same time. So, 
yay for multitasking. Um, but I prepared and, um, I'm going to go and I'm going to see what happens. So I will keep you posted. Y'all, I have good news. Fantastic news. So, from a money standpoint, my entry fee was 22 bucks. I sold $72 in product. Which means that 72 minus 22 is $50 in profit. I am over the moon. So, but on a relational standpoint, it was a wonderful day. And let me tell you something. (sighs) Today was such an answer to prayer. Both mine for a while now and all all of my friends on Instagram who prayed for me while that heart-rending end-of-my-rope prayer request was up on my stories. (laughs) Um, And deleting it was absolutely the correct life decision. So, um, I woke up and I thought, I'm going to get to make some new friends today. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I set the mental goal, and when I recorded previously... I just want to have three conversations. Y'all, I lost track of the conversations. Um, So, I actually, I was, I I actually got to the event late. Um, Well, I I arrived slightly after 9.30 and I immediately apologized and said I got here as soon as I could, which was factually true. Um, Didn't give the details because that's, not necessary. I got here as soon as I could. I'm sorry. Where am I? Um, and I was totally accepted and welcomed. And um, there was m- almost no one there at that point. Um, um, so I started to get my table set up. And this was my first event outside. So before this, I'd only set up shop in my coffee shop. So this was a sunny day, it was cold, it was breezy. My product and breezy, (laughs) lightweight stickers, does not agree with breezy. Fortunately, they're in cellophane packaging, so it's, if they fall on the ground, it's not the end of the world. Um, Even if they get Sally bent, not the end of the world, because ultimately the packaging is not the product. Although... The packaging is what adds meaning to the product, so it's kind of important to keep it nice, especially if someone wants to give it as a gift, which I had somebody drop $15 because they said, and I'm going to get some for myself, and I'm going to get some to give as gifts, and $3 for a gift to give your friend, like, this made me think of you, and it's super meaningful, like, cha-ching, when and in this economy? Yeah. So, um, the first thing I did was I met my booth neighbor. Um, 
she was a yarn artist, so she dyes yarn, she knits, she crochets, she has, she had some beautiful things on her table, and we hit it off, words are hard, we hit it off instantly, it was fantastic, I walked up and I was like, yarn, um, and I brought, I brought my latest craft with me, I brought my gardener bunny with the green dress that I knitted that I told you about, because, completionism i bought i brought my knitted scarf that goes with my veggie hoodie from roots and refuge um i i wore my hat with the embroidery i mean it's on my instagram you have to scroll all the way down um so i brought all of my craft goods and i brought um my crochet bag with my new slipper project inside so I brought I brought all the things to connect with all the other different crafty people. So that was that was really fun to advertise the other things that I do to relate to people so we could share the joy of crafting and creativity. So that was super fun to share that with my booth neighbor. Um and then the wind well no actually she was trying to move her display and it ended up collapsing and the poor thing nearly I was so proud of her. She held it together and we got her yarn picked up and put back together and she did so great. And me being there and jumping in, which was just a very reflexive thing for me to do, meant so much to her. And it's it's really precious when things that you do mean more to the people, to the person receiving it, than the effort that you put into that action. And whenever that happens, I just give full credit to God. Like that was so God that I was her booth neighbor and that that I even had a um a paper bag that I had brought with me, like a really big. It was like from a, a nice restaurant, and. It held all of the yarn that had fallen on the ground. And that really helped her to feel like her product was safe and contained while she focused on redoing the structure of her display. So that was just really cool. And we we were just friends and we hit it off and it was really, really awesome. So let's see what else. Um, I met a bunch of the other vendors. I didn't meet all of them. Um, towards the end of the event, I just kind of ran out of wherewithal. Um, but it's not the end of the world. I knew the people who were closest to me, so that was fine. Um, I did buy a sticker, and it's this. it was this really cute pixie fairy sticker. And I put it on the front of my journal, and it just... The front of my journal right now has the paper airplane sticker on it. And the caption of the paper airplane is all about how it's good to take small risks because you never know where they might land. And small risks, if if you have a paper airplane that ends up in the mud, like it's just a piece of paper, it's not the end of the world. It's not a fine art piece. It's not the Mona Lisa that ended up in the mud. It it's a low risk experiment. So that has been the theme of this journal, which I am two-thirds of the way through, and so having the sticker on the front of this pixie fairy is just kind of, 
it really it it fits with the color pink it fits with the whole theme of flying and just it just makes me so happy um yeah so um oh my goodness it was it was so fun to meet all the people who came up to my booth and i mm, I don't think I will ever get tired. Well, I mean, I was exhausted <laughs> today by the time two o'clock, 2 o'clock came around. But I don't think I could ever intellectually get tired of reading my stickers, captions, holding a sticker and reading the caption to the person in front of me. So they're looking at the image and I am reading the caption over them. Like, that just brings me so much joy. I I can't even tell you. Um, And there were some folks who were just really moved and touched and blessed by my table today. And the, the concepts that I brought to the table, haha, um, the, the, the doctrine, the act, the accurate spirituality like, to be an artist, yes, there's skill involved, but separate from the skill, to be an artist is to be a philosopher. I'm going to say that again. To be an artist is to be a philosopher. I need to write that down and put it on a sticker. <laughs> oh, so fun. Um, I keep coming up with, like, witticisms to put on stickers and honestly you guys okay I'm gonna tangent hard for a second um remind me to talk about my friend who helped me with the wind and my stickers blowing away because I haven't I haven't forgotten that I need to like clear that up but so when I was 14 I went to Ballet Magnificat it was the summer of Oh gosh, I forget, but it was like either 2000 or 2001. I think it was 2001. It was, no, 2002? No. I genuinely forget what year it was, but it was a long time ago. <laughs> it was 20 years ago, kids. Um, so I was 14 at the summer camp. Yes, my parents let me get on a plane by myself to go to Jackson, Mississippi. Um, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Anyways, so I went to Ballet Magnificat, and there were some really meaningful and beautiful things that happened there, but one of the things that happened was my camp counselor, Adrian. it was her 21st birthday that year, so she has seven years on me, and yeah, she knows how old she is. <laughs> that That didn't sound good. I'm going to stop talking about that. But my dear friend Adrian, who is 21, wrote a note card for me, and she handed it to me at 6 in the morning as I was leaving the dorms and said, read this when you get on the airplane. And I read it. <sighs> Y'all, I still have that note card. Because sometimes somebody has vision for your life. Sometimes God gives someone vision for your life that you need 
14 was a really rough season for me. Um, my, my dad started, he felt very insecure about his work situation. Um, I've literally never shared this, so this is between you and me, okay? And yes, I realize that's a podcast, but also it's 40 minutes into a podcast and 10 episodes in to this series, therefore you are my BFF in this moment. Um, and if you're a hate follower, well, shame on you, um, but you're here for the real story, so hang on for the ride, kiddo. So my dad felt really insecure about his, um, his skill set in the job market, and he... When I was 14, he started prioritizing learning um, a new coding language. And that kind of resulted in him not being as intentional in our friendship. And that really, really hurt me. Um, when I was 16, I was so bitter that I was sitting in church... And I felt nothing. I felt dead. I I was so bitter that I couldn't feel anything from God. And I couldn't feel anything towards anyone else. Bitterness, when you let it take hold, it poisons your ability to love anyone. Everyone and anyone. And that may seem like a very harsh and extreme statement, but it's true. And maybe you may still feel affection for people that are good to you or kind to you, but that's not sacrificial agape love. You're not seeking the best interest of others except for how it serves you. So bitterness had a pretty strong root by the time I was 16. Um, and and I had a really meaningful, thankfully I broke through that bitterness. I forgave my dad. I, I didn't talk to my dad about forgiving my dad. I talked with my mom and God about forgiving my dad. And that was, that was what it was supposed to be. Um, and I, I'd had to do that before with my brother, I think. Of like, these are all the things that hurt. And... Um, I'm going to let them go. I'm being very conscious about that. So at age 14, I was about to go from this incredible peak of affirmation and this incredible experience into a season of neglect and bitterness. And... Adrian wrote several things in that letter, but two of them stand out really big to me. And one of them was that she said that I was hilarious and she hoped that I had never felt that they were that they were laughing at me because she just appreciated how funny I was. And that meant a lot to me because my family was so heckin' stressed out 
I mean, we were all running on adrenaline and cortisol, y'all. It was, it was not a fun time. Like, my mom and I are so glad that we have forgotten how hard that was. <laughs> um, and so I had to repress my personality a lot of times because my family did not have the emotional wherewithal to to handle my highly expressive and immature 14-year-old self. Uh, My 14-year-old unvarnished, immature expression, (laughs) both enthusiasm and otherwise. So my summer camps out of the house were really prime opportunities for me to um, practice being who I actually was. <laughs> and my best friend can tell you that when she met me, I was kind of all over the place and I was not her cup of tea, but we ended up exchanging some emails after the fact. This is in 2004 at this point, And, um, this is my oldest best friend, Stephanie, who I talk about in the Broken Friendship video on my YouTube channel. Um, If you haven't seen it, it's on the topics playlist. Very accessible. And because we exchanged those emails and she took that chance in having conversation with me, she was able to see the person beyond my immaturity. And thank God for that because... We have needed each other's friendship um, so much over the years. Like, her life experience has so informed my perspective on the world and and vice versa, I think. Um, And there's no way to to share that, that kind of vulnerability here, but that's beside the point. So... To wrap up my very long tangent, thank you for listening uh, to The Real Meg. <sighs> um, the second thing that Adrian wrote in that letter was, I think you are going to change the way we think one day. And that really stood out to me. It was just like, huh, that's interesting. I'm going to remember that. Y'all, 20 some odd years later, yeah, (laughs) Adrian was dead, dead on. God knew exactly what he was saying when she wrote that note to me. Um, The second thing that combines in this tangent is that I, when I was 16, getting close to 17, I'd worked through my bitterness at this point and I was in a better place. And I asked God one day, hey God, what's my legacy going to be? And 
I, I, I wrote down what I felt that he impressed upon me. And he emphasized the people that I interacted with and the people that I mentored. And also my writing. That just came out of the blue. And let me tell you, that that is evidence that I was hearing from the Lord and not just my own voice inside my head because I would not in a million years at age 16 have told you that my legacy would have been writing. Y'all, I could barely finish a 500-word essay. Like, the end of my... The next year, the end of my high school year, my mom assigned for me to write a five-page paper for my final project. Y'all, it took everything. I got to pick the subject and everything. I talked about what is art and dance. And I don't know where that paper is. It's probably buried somewhere. I don't even want to think about it. I mean, I'm no, I do want to think about it. I'm actually kind of curious about how awful it is. Because I think it'd be very highly entertaining for you to read it and appreciate how awful it was. Um, and I, I was, I could barely write papers. Now, granted, it didn't help that the internet basically was not a thing at that point. And so I was trying to write music analysis about Shostakovich without having any ever heard his music. So I kind of was having to just rephrase the little bit that I read in the one textbook that I had. There is no perfect education. Let me just round out this tangent by saying there's no perfect education and um, we are all, at a certain point, we all have to become responsible for, hmm, I know that I don't know some things in this area. Do I want to take the time to go about rounding that out? Or do I want to live my life just being aware that I don't know? (laughs) Like at a certain point, you become an adult and you take responsibility for the holes in your knowledge. I have no intentions of ever learning calculus. Mad respect to all the people who understand calculus. My husband, my brother, my father, my mom took a class in calculus and she had a bad calculus teacher and that didn't help. So getting a good calculus teacher can also make all the difference in the world. But tangent upon tangent upon tangent aside, (laughs) um, thank you for your patience. Adrian said, I think you're going to change the way we think one day. And God said, your writing is going to be part of your legacy. And here I am putting out stickers with phrases on them and paintings with captions behind them. And they are changing the way people think. It humbles me. It blows my mind. And here's the thing. Like, yes, I am talented, but I'm not special. And what I mean by that is we are all vessels. We are all empty vessels. We are jars of clay. And when God trusts us, 
he gives ideas that we must, we are then responsible to steward. Yesterday, I was thinking about quitting. Genuinely, just like, and it was in an emotional sense. And, and I even, I wrote in my Instagram stories, I, I, I will stop to rest, but I will always keep going. Like, how I keep pressing forward may change depending on <laughs> what brick wall I may have been bashing my head into. Um, but I will always, the best journeys have many turns. I will find the next zig in the path and I will take it. And then when the path zags, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. I'm not going to be able to do vendor shows forever, but I'm going to do them for a while. I'm going to get more people on my email list. I'm going to get my art a little bit more out there. I, I'm, I'm hopefully going to get some traction. I'm hopeful. And, and the beginning is hard. There's a verse in the Bible, and I will try to remember to put the uh, reference in the description of this podcast episode. But there is a verse in the Bible that says, Do not despise the day of small things, small beginnings. And I'm paraphrasing that incorrectly, I know, but bear with me. It's in the description. So praise God for all the people who wrote down the Hebrew and the Greek. And yes, our Bible translations are accurate. I'm not the person to answer that question. Keep, keep typing the words into the Google chat. Um, Google search. ChatGPT, whatever you want to do, however, where, yeah. I don't even know what ChatGPT would say about that, but that's none of my business. That is not what this podcast is about, but the Bible is inerrant, okay? That is my personal conviction, and I have nothing more to say on the subject. <laughs> well, no, I, I do. We have manuscripts upon manuscripts upon manuscripts, um, way above and beyond far above and beyond what is written of Homer's Iliad or Odyssey. And nobody's questioning the legitimacy of those documents. Well, they're accepting that it's a Greek fairy tale, whereas the Bible is like anthropological, archaeological, geographic fact. Okay, that concludes this rant. Um, I'm writing words on stickers. It's very cool. So, let me go back to <laughs> the vendor fair and tell you about how we kept my stickers from blowing in the wind. So I, I, I set up my one foot by two foot table with my tablecloth and I brought my two uh, wooden crates and I put my laptop on top. I put my eight and a half by 11 uh, acrylic uh, angled calyx sign on the second shelf, quote unquote, of the crates. And then on the bottom shelf of the crates, I put, um, four little stands with four of my word art stickers that I knew would be bright and colorful and just, you know, you can see them from a distance, but once you walk up, it's kind of hard to see them. Um, but then I have them again at my table so you can see them close up. So I laid out my stickers and the wind starts going and we start chasing stickers 
And it, thankfully, it was a very gentle breeze. It was just enough to keep us all on our toes, but it certainly wasn't like blustery. It was it was a gentle breeze. <laughs> God in his mercy. And here's the thing. So um, there was a girl who walked by my booth, all bundled up, scarf, sunglasses, very much... Um, she had very big, like, introvert, low-energy vibes, like, this is my bubble, and I like my bubble, and I like my space. Thank you for acknowledging my bubble. Um, and all power to her, because if, because by the end of the event, I was just like, I do not have the wherewithal to talk to anyone else. It's been great, but I am done. (laughs) Um, so she had introvert written all over her, and we, and I respected that, And when she started to see my stickers um, flying around, she walked up to me with a jar of rocks. These are not just any old rocks. These are like really pretty um, craft store pebbles that are like sanded and polished and like gorgeous. Um, And she wraps them with wire and makes pendants out of them. Like beautiful, stunning, we love so she gave me the jar of rocks and I sprinkled them over my stickers and that's how my stickers stayed in place the entire event. And she was so precious and we are friends on Instagram now. Um, if it had not been for her, and I told her this, I probably would have given up. And like, I would have been discouraged and tired and I would have been way more worn out because I would have been chasing stickers all day. So, by the grace of God, Annabelle brought rocks. So, thank the Lord for Annabelle. Um, again, one of those things where what you do for someone else means way so much more to them than the effort that you put into it, except I was on the receiving end of that. And it was just like, oh, it was so precious. And then I I lent somebody the... Uh, I brought a second scarf just by chance, and I ended up lending it to somebody, um, the gal that I bought the sticker from the fairy pixie sticker. So, um, so I, I laid all my stickers and I had all my rocks and I connected with people and I, I got every person's name that I sold stickers to. And I wrote down their name and I wrote down the dollar amount of what I sold because when you're taking cash sales, it's just like, yes, it's good practice to write down what you have in your cash drawer before you start and then count what you have at the end and ultimately that is what I need to get into doing but I didn't want to do that this round I just wanted to write on everybody's name and the individual sales because it just you know saying I made $50 today doesn't capture you know I sold Ann stickers I sold Robin stickers And it's just, oh, I read somebody the Psalm 23 sticker and they were wearing sunglasses, so I couldn't read their face perfectly, but she was about to cry and it was so precious. So, however, what this proves once again is that for me to sell my product, it requires intellectual investment on people's parts and what I noticed in the course of the day is that, okay, in my other events, I have a little display on my table because the table's big enough 
the, the table at the coffee shop is big enough for me to display all my stickers and also have um, little phone holder displays where I can put display the front of the sticker and then also the back of the sticker so that people understand that there's captions that go with each of the images. And also there's no wind at the coffee shop. Because there was wind, I couldn't use that display on my table because the wind just kept catching the edges and they would go flying. So that was that was not worth the effort. So for me to really sell my stickers, for the most part, it had to be me communicating there's more here than meets the eye. And by the end of the day, when I stopped making conversation, I stopped making sales. Now, for today, this is fine. Like, not making sales for the last two hours when you've, I've already made uh, $50 profit, $72 in sales, not a big deal. Not a problem whatsoever. But in the long run, let's say that my booth buddy not my booth neighbor, but my booth buddy who came around 12 and just kept me company and chased stickers for me because inevitably like rocks would shift and stickers would catch in the wind and they would go, but it would only be one at a time. It was way more manageable. So my friend, my booth buddy would go and catch stickers for me. And she also carried the, the heavy crate to the car and I carried the table and praise the Lord for that. So yeah, friends, friends are a gift. Definitely try to enlist a friend to come and help you. And I also paid her with buying her boba tea um, out of my own personal account. Uh, The business did not pay for that. Um, It's, yeah, writing writing off delicacy drinks as a business expense is just not a conversation that I would like to have with the IRS at this time. Um, It's perfectly legitimate, but... They are obsessive, and I'm not having that conversation with them. So, so I bought her boba tea. That's part. Of, that's been our agreement from day one. I offered. I knew that that was something that was really meaningful to her, um, and a big like splurge treat. Um, so she was like, "Yes, I would love to." And showing up at your events, well, like it's gonna get. It's it's already getting her out of her artistic um, comfort zone. Um, and getting her back in the mindset of doing shows for herself because she's an artist and she's taken a break from art for personal reasons, but she's ready to get back into them, um, into making art and then selling art, etc. so forth. So, um, when I stopped talking, I stopped selling. And in the long run, I need to figure out an antidote for that. And I need to figure out an antidote for that which is (laughs) wind-friendly because I I am energy efficient. Um, Some people call themselves lazy. I am not lazy. I am energy efficient. I want to have the maximum effect with as little effort as possible. There is a significant difference between lazy and energy efficient. And sometimes they can overlap, but they are different. So, someone gave me the idea 
actually, um, the person I bought my Pixie Fairy sticker from, she gave me the idea, oh, you know, another girl here had her stickers in business card displays. And my heart just leapt for joy. I thought, oh, business card displays, that'll be perfect. I start looking up business card displays. We have two problems. We have one problem with two different versions. And the problem is height. So if you have a traditional... Now, here's the main problem. (laughs) We have three. (laughs) This is the Spanish Inquisition. If you know Monty Python, you understand that reference. Um, We have three problems with height, which is one, my stickers are packaged... Um, I think it's about like three inches by four, four and a half. Wait, eight and a half by 11, uh, four and a quarter. Yeah. So, um, I take an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and I cut it down the middle and then I slice it. And then, so that the full width of the eight and a half is then becomes the height of my sticker packaging. So my sticker packaging is exactly four and a quarter inches high. And most business cards are nowhere even close to that. Like not even half. Like most most business cards are like two inches high, three inches wide. I'm three inches wide, four inches high. So more than double, um, four and a quarter. So if I have a business card display that is like kind of one of the classic ones where it's on a desk and like you've got multiple layers to it um the 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 sticker packaging in the front will hide the sticker packaging behind it except for like the inverse stream art title label but that's kind of not what I'm there to display I'm there to display the sticker which is on the lower center so that wouldn't work and so I then I found business card holders that you could attach to a wall so they would not be like um stair stepped behind each other like one on a desk but they would actually be like vertically above each other on a wall just in one flat plane and I was looking at it and I realized my four and a quarter sticker packaging is not going to fit in that either because of the height now If it was just, if it was just three inch stickers, that would be fine. Um, And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's what the other girl had displayed and was selling because most people who sell stickers do not package them. I am very unique in that regard and making the time to package stickers is a time investment in my product that I have mixed feelings about. Like, I can do it. I can do it well. But it takes time. If I just call, like, if I put it in the same category of, like, methodically and peacefully shelling beans, it's fine. Um, but if I were to hire someone, it would be a problem. Because it's, it's like knitting. It's, it's monotonous work. So, um... But the packaging is what infuses the sticker with meaning, and that's what ultimately creates its value. So, uh, not going back on that. Like, I I sold 
um, one of my self-portrait stickers to a girl at the coffee shop, and she has it displayed on her art wall, on her art gallery, on her gallery art wall. It is 1130 at night right now, so thank you for your patience. Um, with both the sticker and then the caption pinned underneath like she it is all together like a whole thing so it's very important the packaging is is very important um and if (sighs) tangent time so at the beginning of the year when I got my fresh batch of Jesus is enough stickers in I decided to write a bunch of thank you notes to some friends and just thank them for being a part of my life. I need to keep doing that because I have so many people that I need to thank. Like, there is no such thing as a lone wolf warrior in the body of Christ. Like, there's so much prayer that has gone into my existence. I am incredibly humbled and blessed and, yeah, so... The sound that you hear in the background is uh, my neighbor's dog that I am dog sitting, and he is making yawning noises. So that is that is that sound. Um, sorry if that was weird, but um, yeah, we recorded episode two or three here, didn't we? Yeah, where I talked about how millions of people are going to see that Jesus is enough image, and it's just like so humbling. Yeah, we talked about money in that episode. That was a good episode. Okay, so when I ordered my fresh batch of Jesus is Enough stickers, I um, I wrote a bunch of thank you notes to some friends, and I sent the ones that I sent to my friends in California. Now, first of all, I packed a lot in that envelope because he has a lot of kids. Um, oh, so I packed six... Co- stickers in that envelope and it was on it was a touch on the thick side fortunately it still met the quarter inch thickness requirement from the u.s postal service however um it got a little chewed up by the time it got there and the um one of the packaging elements had water damage now, if that was a proper... Now, this is my friend. <laughs> he... This is a gift. He doesn't need packaging. Um, so he sent me pictures to let me know how it arrived. And I said, thank you for telling me. And honestly, if a paying customer sent me pictures like that, I would immediately send out replacement stickers because the packaging is just that important. Especially if their intention was to turn around and give it as a gift to someone else, like, yeah, no questions. Just, like, immediately send out more stickers. And that's also why I need to have a run of, I'm saying, honestly, probably, like, at least 20 stickers of anything that I have listed on my Etsy shop. Um, Yeah, when I did a really big printing push sale in um 2021 uh November of 2021 um October I took pre-orders and then I purchased a bunch of stickers in November and I think I just made over my I think I just covered my cost I literally just looked at that invoice it was I dropped 116 dollars on 
a bunch of different stickers and 10 each. And the problem at the end of the day is that, um, 10 stickers is not enough if somebody has a problem on Etsy. So I would need to hold like three in reserve and then only sell six. But like that's kind of not enough to like you don't want to sell out on Etsy because then you waste your 20 cent um, listing fee. And everybody's complaining about Etsy because listing fees. But I'm banking on the long term goal of showing up in their search engine so that's the plan so I need I need runs of like 20 25 50 is great but also then I'm committing to like do I think I can sell 50 of this sticker for three dollars um I can I think so (laughs) um and I have I have a, a a few I have some stickers to prove that theory, but that theory is not yet proven. It is a hypothesis at this point. So, um, how do I present? Obviously, I'm not going to not package my stickers. So, the business card um, display idea, as joyful as it was, is not going to work for me. Hmm, bummer. Okay. What else? Well, I start looking, one of the recommended options when you look for business card holders is clear acrylic brochure holders. Now these are four inches wide, which is the correct width because my stickers are about, my stickers are three inches wide and my sticker packaging is three and a half inches wide. So if the, hang tight with me, math is important. If the brochure is If the brochure holder is four inches wide and my sticker packaging is three and a half inches wide, that means that I have a half inch margin. A half inch margin on either side becomes a quarter inch. Two quarter inch margins, which is perfect. And if it's six and a half, if it's six inches high, that's a little bit high, but it's okay. I think it's going to be okay. The problem is that you start getting into a really big display stand at that point and way too big to really <laughs> carry in with a table. And then you have to anchor down that big display. I've been laying here all night looking at Amazon, looking at office supply search results, thinking about this. So you are getting the fresh brainstorm hot off the press, a little bit by like burnt pancakes. <laughs> like the first pancake is always like the pan is too hot and you have to figure out and calibrate the temperature of like, oh, it's too hot. It's too cool. Like, yeah. So isn't that right, brute boy? Oh, he's, he's pressed up to me. He's so cute. He's such a good dog. I love him so much. Um, so I realized that the brochure holder, I, I found so they're four inches wide by six inches high, and I found a set of 20 of those for $45. Now that's great, except for the part where I have, 
we've talked about this. I'm creating my product in multiples of six. So I have six circles of light. I have six circles of flight. I have 12 circles of home. And I have I have four um, squares. I've got a bunch already of like the two by three stickers. And I've got more on the way. So literally just the, the circle collections, 6, 12, 18, 24. Like, I did the math, that's like a three foot by three foot display for just the circles. Which is fine if I have a massive, massive table. But, or if I have like some floor to ceiling brochure display thing. But it's it's more to bring in, it's heavy, it's bulky, I'm not sure about that. So I'm laying in bed, petting the dog thinking about things and I realize huh you know the brochure the a massive big display brochure thing that would be great for a permanent setup but the problem is it doesn't show the caption of the stickers and the whole point is that I need people to read my captions. I need people to intellectually engage with my writing to appreciate my stickers. The byline that I kept saying today was, I'm a writer disguised as a watercolor artist. And it made people chuckle, but it gave them the concept of, okay, this girl has a lot to read. <laughs> this girl has a lot to say and a lot for me to read. So... I kept thinking back to the the display option of um, the image on the left and the caption on the right. And I kept thinking about, you know, how do I solve the wind problem? Because a gentle breeze and getting up and chasing that, like that's just energy efficiency. We've talked about this. So I start thinking, what if, let's say that I get my two foot by four foot table which I actually might not at this point. Once once you hear this brainstorm, hear me out. So let's say that I get my two foot by four foot table. So I have four feet of width to work with. Let's say that it's windy and I decide to put the wooden crates up on my table and I put them, place them horizontally so I can get as much width as possible. And the crates shelter my little angled phone holder displays that my dad 3D printed for me. And so that way I can display them, but they're not as affected by the wind. And I thought, hmm, it's still, it's still not surefire. Like the wind could always still come through the back of the crates where the, the slats are and like, oof, you know, push them all forward and throw, and that's just, that's not a time that I'm interested in. And then... Like a gift from heaven, the idea came to me. What if I put... Because a lot of people, they wanted to read all the captions, but they didn't want to mess up my display. See, that's the thing. People being considerate. And the considerate people who want to read everything I want to say don't want to mess up my display. So I have to empower them to read all of the things in an orderly lovely presentable way so how about this 
I get a three ring binder and I get four by six photo holders, um, photo sleeves. And I put my stickers, image on the left, and then the same sticker, same packaging, flipped with the caption to display the caption on the right. And so then I take this binder and it becomes my master of, it has all my stickers in it, and you can stand there and flip through all of them. And I put it on a cookbook display. Because a cookbook display, it's a nice, usually it's a nice heavy wood display. So it's not going to move in the wind. It has a little lip underneath it so that it can hold the book in place. And it angles it perfectly so you can stand there and flip the pages. You don't have to lean over and look down. You can stand and look at an angle, which is very comfortable. And a lot of my customers today, I didn't actually get a lot of Gen Z customers. I got a lot of boomer customers. Boomers buying stickers, y'all. I was so blessed. There was one lady, she bought four of the Kite and the Mountain sticker. She bought, she kept three for herself, gave one to a friend. I'm sure she was going to have away the other two. Um, two of the one, oh, two of the three that she bought for herself. It, I was blessed. I was very blessed. Um, and there was, there were other, um, pairs of ladies who came through like that and bought multiples of stickers. So, yeah, because the ladies before them, they each, they each got three stickers. Um, so... Two people times three stickers each is six stickers, and six stickers times three dollars each is six, twelve, eighteen dollars. So that was massively rewarding, and that, like, my booth neighbor Robin, um, and her niece Madeline, who was lovely, my booth neighbor Robin was my first customer and she bought three stickers for nine dollars and that's when I knew it was going to be a good day like I have people throwing money at me like yes please (laughs) with all purity let's make it rain um to the pure all things are pure yeah um we'll see what my husband thinks about that when he listens to this podcast he'll be sure to let you know and I will up I will not leave anything in the description because that's just awkward. I'm going to stop talking about this now. So my booth neighbor Robin bought three stickers and I knew it was going to be a great day. And I think I think when those two ladies bought $18 worth of stickers, I think that was like the tipping point when I was, I'd covered my booth fee at that point and I was beginning to go into the the wonderful world world of profit and uh yeah that was that was a really special moment um of showing up in the market and the Proverbs 31 woman who knows that her product is good being compensated accordingly mm 
warm fuzzies, y'all. Like, there is not enough hot cocoa and, like, period drama movie binges in this world to touch the feels of that. Like, like, and I'm not saying I'm not going to have hard days. We will have more episodes where I will have hard days, but this was a major tipping point. Huge. Huge. Oh, oh my word. And like, I, y'all, I gave away all of my business cards. I bought a nice little stack and I gave away all of them. So here's what I need to do. Give away business cards. <laughs> um, so I bought 100 business cards for $20. Um, and when you play around with a decimal point, um, $120. Um, so that's 10 business cards for $2 which means that it's one business card for 20 cents, which is not bad, but also it starts to add up. And please correct my math if I was wrong there. It is almost midnight here. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the, the numbers that we're starting with is 100 business cards for $20. That starts to go pretty fast. So the other idea that I had Okay, let me let me explain the dilemma before I explain the solution. So there was a second dilemma that I had, which was I mean, there's a dilemma of giving away business cards, and there is much joy and hope in my heart that people will actually go and visit my website and sign up for my emails. And I it was really fun to be able to talk it up. Um because as you know, I've put in so much work into these emails. Um but super stoked about that. Fingers crossed. Um, so, yes, getting somebody on my email list is absolutely worth 20 cents. And I'm very proud of myself. I only gave away two stickers. And one of them was the Jesus is Enough label that I purchased to budget to give away. And there's no packaging on that. It's very... It's very cost-effective for me. It's literally 50 labels, which are, like, waterproof but thinner than stickers, and they're on a roll, so they're not as packaged nicely, but really, like, they're still absolutely gorgeous, and, like, what even is the difference? I have no idea. They're slightly thinner. Like, that is the literally the only difference. Beyond that, I have no idea. So I gave away one label, and I gave away another um, The Best Journeys Have Many Turns, one because there was this girl with pink hair who looked so sad and I was just like I want to infuse hope in your life and this is the sticker that I feel led to give you and I hope that it gives you some inspiration to keep moving forward so yeah um so I'm very proud of myself I only gave away two stickers which is a big deal for over giving away me um, but I had a dilemma. So my, my, my first dilemma was I gave away all my business cards, which is not a bad thing, but also is that exactly what I want to do? I'm not sure that it is. 
The second dilemma that I had was my Chromebook, I'd figured out and I tested at home, okay, if I play a YouTube video quietly while I play my slideshow, my screen should stay on. Apparently, I had tested that with the laptop plugged in because when it was unplugged at my booth, the screen kept turning off. And I was kind of really bummed (laughs) about that. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm not going to take this personally. This is an opportunity to make mistakes. And for the record, I was so much better prepared for this event because I had already done three pop-up events for free at my local coffee shop. Like, even with the designer lattes that I purchased, it was absolutely worth my time and energy and effort and money. I definitely got more than what I put into it, even on the day that I didn't make sales. Like, I learned from that. And experience is expensive. That's why people want to hire people with experience. Um... And the more experience that you can get vicariously, more power to you. But also, the rubber has to meet the road. And it has to be... It... it, You have to apply the knowledge that you have learned. Um, And I'm doing this with gardening this year. I've got my green stock planters. I've heard Jess from Roots and Refuge talk up green stock for how many years now? I've been... I was a regular on her YouTube channel in 2020... So I've probably been watching her for like a year at that point. So I've probably been watching Jess for four years at this point. I remember the day that I first watched her video. And I went back in my history to find, try and find the exact day. And I couldn't find it. And we're just moving on with our lives. But it's probably been about four years at this point. So I've, I am finally applying the knowledge that I have learned about gardening in my own garden this year, and I am so heckin' pumped. I started seeds. None of them have sprouted yet, but if they don't sprout, it's an experiment, and I will have learned what not to do. You know, Albert Einstein, not Albert Einstein, Edison, Thomas, is it Thomas Edison? Mr. Edison invented the light bulb. I found all these numbers of ways that didn't work. So, that's, that is persistence and optimism. And persistence is a gift. Even with the, even with the, you know, it, 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 it's a feature, not a bug of banging your head into the wall. Persistence is still a gift. Um, it's, it's head in the wrong direction. Just renegotiate, you know, 90 degrees to the right and then try, try another spot. Okay. Good job. So, My Chromebook display did not work most of the day, but here was the other problem. The light outside was so strong that it actually didn't even matter um, because it wasn't bright enough for people to see it and stand there and watch it, if that makes sense. You had to like lean in and squint. It was was not working. So I'm still going to bring my Chromebook because there's a possibility that I might be, next time I might be in a more shady spot. They have those. Um, A shady spot would be fantastic for my Chromebook. Um, And I would be next to the outlet if I was by, potentially, if I was in a shady spot. 
possibly, potentially possibly, um, I might ask for that very nicely. However, in the summer, that spot is going to be at a premium, so I, the organizer might have to like me. (laughs) Well, no, she, one of the things I noticed from the last time I was there was that there were people who were there, and they were in different spots than they had been before. And that's really important because it always switches things up. Nobody starts to claim, oh, this spot is my spot. You know, like, Ben and I always sit on the back pew of our church. Like, no, no, no. We're not, we're not like, marking territory like that. That's not how this works. So, um, there is a, there is one spot that I know of where I could be in the shade, have access to an outlet, and it would probably be really great for the Chromebook, but I'm not going to bank on that. That is external circumstances that I cannot control. What I can control is what I bring to the show. And what I can bring to the show that both solves the problem of my Chromebook being too dim and giving away all of my business cards is printing a batch of coloring pages. Like, it's so obvious. I might even get, I'm, I'm, I'm talking luxurious here, I might even get a second cookbook holder and put the um, coloring pages in that. That would be super beneficial. I would love that. Um, I think that would be way better than the Chromebook, actually. And here's the thing, it needs to be a second three-ring binder because the because of the orientation. All my coloring pages are landscape, and so the three-ring binder would have to be at a 90-degree angle, whereas my sticker binder would be at the normal vertical orientation. Um, I don't know if you can visualize that, but trust me on this. I need two binders. Um... And I might need two cookbook holders. So we'll see We'll see about finding some cookbook holders. Um, and especially one that would play nicely with a three-ring binder in a 90-degree orientation. So adding that to my shopping list mentally as we speak. So not only could, could and should I bring a three-ring binder with my coloring pages, and I also decided tonight that I really want to finish my Lord's Prayer coloring pages to just add them to the repertoire and like I have an iPad now I can edit them and fix them up on the iPad like this is not a sit in front of the computer and poke dots with a mouse kind of setup like it was for uh, Psalm 23 um so I'm very excited about that uh and it's it's consistent with my goal of like making this a very illustration focused season, um, although I do want to I'm, I want to do that first, and then I want to touch up my camping lantern because it's currently too pink and I need more stronger accents of red, and then I will post one more thing off the corner next to it, and then I will finally release. Um, the Lord's Prayer to the portfolio that is my Instagram. 
because I, I don't I'm not treating Instagram like social media right now. Um, I'm treating it as a portfolio that also allows me to direct message people that I meet um, on at pop up events. So, yeah, I think that'll work. Oh, and the other thing is, I think I should have a coloring page of the day. So, like, print the little girl with Jesus in the rocking chair and just print, like, a bunch of them and give them out to people. Like, how fun would that be? And the little girl at the the table around the corner would probably love to have a fresh coloring page to work on. Like, and... I will have my website in the corner. I can not only have my website in the corner, but I can have my website in the corner with the the critical words, free printable coloring pages at inversestreamart.com. Like, hello. Yes, please. That's, that's the data that we need to communicate. And the more of those coloring pages I can throw out into my local historic downtown art market on a monthly basis, the better it will be for my email list. And the better it will be for my email list, the better it will be for my social media and my Etsy sales and my reach and everything. And the ball will finally Start rolling. It was a really good day, y'all. It was fantastic. And now it is midnight, and I have church the morning, and I need to be bright-eyed and (laughs) bushy-tailed for that. So I'm going to turn off this podcast and try to get some sleep, although I know I've definitely worked myself up um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to think about something calm and relaxing, maybe pet the dog and, uh, yeah, trust God with things, not put all my hope into a single vendor event, but then also rejoice when that single vendor event, vendor event is the is the thing that sparks hope. So. My name is Meg. I love my Jesus. And I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Live it.